Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. You know, normally on this show, we talk about one specific brand. Well, today we're going to do a little bit of that, but try and broaden the conversation just a little bit. By the way, if you're new, welcome to this community. Thanks for tuning in for the first time. This is a show all about how some of the most interesting and innovative brands out there typically mobilize their masses and become more authentic in using the voice of its consumer. And we do that through interviewing some really interesting founders and CMOs specifically. Today is no different. We're on with Lily Tomovich. Now, Lily was most recently the chief marketing officer of MGM Resorts International, and she is an expert when it comes to the gaming industry, when it comes to hospitality industry and taking the voice and the journey of a consumer and using it to inform what happens within marketing strategies. So we talk all about that industry and we talk about its outlook going forward. She is a huge player in this space. So it was a real privilege to learn from her on a bit more broad of a perspective than just within one brand. I can't wait to have you hear her perspective as well. So I'm going to back away. Of course, I'll be back after the interview with some ways that you can follow this podcast. But first, the podcast. This is, without further ado, Lily Tomovich. All right, everybody. I'm here with Lillian Tomovich. She's the former chief experience and marketing officer at MGM Resorts. And she's joining Authentic Influence today. So first off, uh, Lily, thanks so much for joining the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Adam. Super uh, excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. And the, the first thing I want to I want to get into your experiences at, at MGM, but I think that, that we can broaden this a little bit to talking about the hospitality industry. Admittedly, it's an industry that I have featured less than I would otherwise like on this podcast before. So I am uh, privileged to have you here. But before I get into uh, all the nitty gritty and, and get all the intel I can just like to talk about uh, your experience at uh, at MGM and and what you've uh, what you, what you were doing in that tenure. Just give us a level set for what uh, where to go. Well, sure. Um, so I was at MGM um, about five and a half years, and uh, it's just an extraordinary business and an extraordinary industry because, uh, first of all, it truly is the uh, you know we talk about the experience economy and uh, guest experience in the hospitality business, and certainly what we do at MGM Resorts uh, is square in that intersection. And so um, I really think about my journey at MGM Resorts in sort of three phases. The first phase was really just um, developing a centralized marketing function and delivering a structure, uh, a modern marketing structure. So we grew out of acquisition. Most of our resorts had their own marketing teams, their own advertising agencies, et cetera. So I was really focused on how do we develop a centralized uh, marketing organization with centers of excellence and how do we leverage our size and scale to drive efficiency? So that was sort of my first job. The second job, um, second part of my tenure there was really focused on developing um, a brand for MGM Resorts and most importantly, aligning our brand with culture. So did a lot of work with our CHRO in preparing all 83,000 employees to deliver on the brand promise. And then the last uh, third sort of uh, focus for me at MGM Resorts was um, launching a division called MGM Digital Ventures, which was really uh, the function that was focused on all guest-facing technologies. So we bifurcated MGM Digital Ventures from traditional IT. 
um, and started building uh, modern tech capabilities like you would at a digitally native company. And so um, that was kind of the core of my work, uh, along with obviously being hyper-focused on uh, the guest experience and guest journey um, throughout uh, a consumer's trip to Las Vegas. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So a ton of stuff was going on there. I want to get into a little bit of all of that, especially that digital ventures thing. It's very, very interesting. But the first thing I will talk about is is this, and, and we discussed it a little bit prior, but in terms of uh, building a brand through building it inside out, and you mentioned the close work that you did with the CHRO, um, I typically ask folks what their sort of guiding principles were as, as they built their team or, or as they build their team today. And uh, I want to dive a little bit more into that. When you, so when you, and maybe I put the words in your mouth a little bit, but, but building a brand inside out, can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that notion? Yeah, sure. So um, as you know, every great marketer, we're really interested in producing um, breakthrough creative that connects with consumers in a meaningful way to differentiate ourselves and drive, uh, you know, competitiveness. But for me, what's really important is before you sort of launch this big campaign and tell the world who you are, um, I wanted to really make sure, as I said, that all 83,000 employees really understood the MGM Resorts brand, who we were, what we stood for, um, what was our brand promise. And we did a lot of work trying to understand you know, where did we come from? What's the DNA of the brand? And when consumers come to Las Vegas and specifically to one of our properties, whether it's in the US or Macau or China, you know, what, what are their expectations? And how can we make sure that um, our staff, frankly, and all of our employees who work so hard to deliver these wow experiences are prepared to do so? And so that's what we talked about when we said, let's build the brand from the inside out. Let's train all of our employees on who we are, what we stand for, and most importantly, the role that they can play in delivering um, that promise. And so when I think about the purpose of MGM Resorts, we distilled our purpose down to something very, very simple and very, very clear for our uh for our employees, and that was MGM Resorts exists to wow the human race. Um, and so, uh, you know, we spent a good part of 18 months working with our employees, developing guest service standards, which is a whole nother conversation we can talk about. But our guest service standards um, that we, we ended up developing an acronym called SHOW, uh, which stood for Smile and Greet the Guest. H was hear their story, O was own the experience, and W was wow the guest. And so that became our rallying cry for all of our employees in terms of, of really understanding the brand and the role they play in delivering the promise of, of, of wowing the human race. Interesting. That is a, it's a fun acronym to put on it. Um, <laughs> and uh, really, I mean, because you know, like when I think of, when I think of MGM, I truly think about you know, having it, the brand puts on a show. It's really like, a, you know, you, you are fully involved and fully entertained. That's right. And I mean, you know, part of our tagline became welcome to the show. And one of the things that became um, really clear to me when I joined and certainly uh, super helpful when I was recruiting is when you're joining uh, MGM Resorts, it's not just a, you know, huge, one of the largest hotel companies in the world or casino companies in the world. But we're the third largest entertainment company in the world next to AEG and Live Nation, um, the largest non-chain food and beverage restaurant in the U.S., uh, 
I mean, we have incredible nightlife, day life. We own a professional WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces. And so when you think about our business, it's food and beverage, it's hotel, it's casino, it's nightlife, it's professional sports. Um, and so trying to bring all of those businesses together under this notion of wowing the human race um, from an experiential and entertainment perspective became super, super powerful. And by the way, you'll notice I keep saying we because, you know, MGM Resorts will forever be in my heart. I still feel like I'm I'm part of that team forever. Of course. And I understand the uh, the familial <laughs> aspect of it. You truly feel invested in the fact that you are uh, personally, you know, so invested in all of, of those things is very important. But sure. Understanding the breadth of the properties almost uh, cheapens the whole thing for me to even suggest it's hospitality. There's so much more, it seems to that. So instead of using that term, as I mentioned, I might broaden it to earlier, uh, perhaps I'll ask about the trends that you've seen. And, and if we want to call it entertainment, great across all, all walks of that. But I want to learn about some of the things that you've noticed in terms of the way that, uh, let's just say the industry, and you'll know the most about MGM, obviously, uh, was, was attempting to build more, uh, one-to-one -one or direct relationships with consumers because you, you cater to, um, uh, I think, technically bazillions of people. And I uh, was wondering how you get that as individual or how the industry is attempting to get that as individualistic as possible. Sure. Um, it's a great question. And, and I think we were uh, somewhat, uh, I'll say, spoiled at MGM Resorts because the casino industry has its root in deep one-to-one, -one, truly one-to-one -one relationships with our customers. And so when I think about it, um, you know, the top 1% of the customers at MGM Resorts drove close to 49% of our revenues. Wow. So you can imagine when you look at this sort of diversification of segmentation of our customers, that top sort of echelon, that top 1%, we have a true one-to-one -one relationship with them. They have what we would call a host, whether you were a casino uh, customer or whether we have lots of customers who came and spent a lot of money with us and never stepped foot on the casino floor. But they were interested in our Michelin star restaurants. They were interested in a Lady Gaga concert. They went to a basketball game. And so those folks have a one-to-one a, a -one connection with a person that they call. It's their host. Hi, John, it's Mary. I'm coming into town. You know, help me with X, Y, Z. And we know those customers at the most deepest, intimate level. We know, you know, where their son's going to college. We know when it's her husband's birthday. We know their favorite sports team. I mean, it's really quite phenomenal. And then what we were working on was how do we unlock what we would call the frozen middle, which is, you know, not our top 1%, but certainly really important high-value customers and getting to better understand who they were holistically. Um, and so like most companies, uh, we have built a customer data platform where we can connect all of a, a consumer's spend uh, within our portfolio, whether it's in food and beverage, whether it's entertainment, whether it's casino, and really start to sort of fill that out with you know, our own first party data and then second and third party data to really understand who these people were and how we could communicate and connect with them in a relevant and meaningful way. Yeah. I, okay. You just hit on like five or 10 things that are like buzzwords in my head, but also things that I, that I 
jive with. And that frozen middle is a really good way to put it. I think that there are, it's probably true for nearly every brand. Let's go back to hospitality or entertainment, regardless. There's that long tail of folks who are uh, contributing a, a huge part of the business, but you just know less about. And obviously, having data platforms and stuff like that can be really helpful. Um, that all said, the understanding that the top, you know, I think you said one percent um, of customers requires a that uh, I would say requires that human touch, a real human touch, to to, to truly be part of the family as you feel. Yeah. And the technology that is currently poised to capture that frozen middle. Where does the line blur? There's got to be a balance between the two. And is there a known way to blend them in a way that becomes more human or perhaps even more human seeming, although that, that borders on inauthentic at scale? Um, that has to be part of what the digital ventures arm that you launched was hoping to was hoping to find. Yeah, it's a super great question, Adam. And it's funny because I'm a real believer that as chief marketing officers, you know, uh, working at all of these amazing uh, companies that we do, most of us are really focused on how can we leverage technology as a guest experience enabler. And certainly I was focused on that at MGM Resorts. And that really was focused on the frozen middle as well, because if we can get them engaged in our mobile app, if we can get them engaged in our loyalty program, we'll get to you know know more about these individuals as as people and as customers. Um, obviously, not as well as we know you know the the one to one relationship that we have with our top one percent. But if we can harness digital to extract more data information, it's um, usually a win-win for the customer and for us. But the balancing act is allowing people to have a choice because as I've, I've mentioned many times before, I want to make sure the pendulum doesn't swing too far to where we rely on technology as being that gateway in that interaction with the customer, especially in the hospitality industry. You've got to strike that fine balance because technology can never replace human engagement. And so giving people a choice is super important. If they want to check into their hotel using their mobile app, terrific. If they want to go to the front desk and talk to the concierge and do a check-in and ask about you know, their room um, and questions about dining, we have to be able to provide that as well. And so that's my cautionary tale to all brands, which is, don't ever forget the power of, of human engagement. There's so many brands, and I'm going to give um, a shout out to one of our competitors, which is Win. Um, and uh, I called them the other day about a specific. Um, I needed some information on a specific restaurant, and that's a huge company. Win and Encore are two huge resorts, and I called their phone number, and somebody answered the phone. I felt like it was 1982 again. And I was, I almost, you know, jumped out of my chair. I was so excited. They actually had a live person answer and that just doesn't happen anymore. And I think they've kind of captured something there. They understand uh, the power 
of, of connecting with people on a one-to-one level. And so I give them a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. I, it's refreshing to see you offering kudos to a competitor. I, I, you know, I don't know how, like, I don't know what the nature of like inter-competitive relationships are in that industry really, but, uh, isn't that cool? I mean, when you get somebody, I, and funny enough, I, I forget who the heck else. Oh, I know who it was. Uh, two months ago ish and listeners will know because you've listened to this already uh, we had a conversation with Goldman Sachs uh-huh. their head of brand over consumer and investment management his name is Dustin and he was uh, sort of trumpeting what they have perceived as brand benefits to having somebody like literally answer the phone yeah how many commercials have you seen over the last year I think it's discover financial does it too where the whole commercial the whole commercial is somebody picking up the phone and being real well, you know, it's it, and it's so true because I actually, you know, I, this is probably three or four years ago where I was having conversations um, early on in my days at, at uh, MGM, and it might have even been at MasterCard, where I said, I think you're going to see the pendulum swing back the other way, where consumers are craving that one-to-one and brands are going to realize they've over-rotated um, and that people do want to... Um, you know, walk to their local butcher store and have a conversation. They don't want to order everything online. Um, the, you know, they don't want to speak to an IVR and do all of their banking uh, through, you know, web-based products and app-based products. And so um, I give a lot of credit to brands who are kind of striking that balance and saying, you know what, there's an unmet need here. People are, you know, craving that now. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. And um, I didn't cover that. We talked to MasterCard last year and I, I uh, didn't cover that topic, but um, certainly an interesting uh, an interesting swing of the pendulum, as, as you've noted. I suppose on that note, I mean, wh- where do you see this pendulum in, 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 in any direction really swinging next with how to make, uh, you know, consumers or, or people feel more um, maybe either emotionally or just personally invested with a brand. You have any big predictions for us? I mean, Adam, I think to answer your question, I think it's sort of what we've been talking about. I think a lot of brands have just um, moved too far along the continuum of technology as the enabler to all of their guest experiences um, and their experiences with their products or services. And I do think that you're going to see brands moving back. And I don't want to say old school, but in in some respects, yes, going back to um, the opportunity to really engage uh, with human touch and have that moment of actually building a relationship with a human being as opposed to building a relationship with a mobile app or with, you know, other digital uh, devices. Mm. I, uh, that would be really interesting to, to see. Of course, uh, technology is proliferating at an exponential rate and the notion of building relationships through capturing data is um, is shouted to the high heavens as a as a super big priority right and I think that it's probably I mean obviously undeniably something that you were working on as part of that digital ventures arm to try and find that balance and it's interesting to hear you saying this i've seen trickles of it myself but well being a partial skeptic i i, I do <laughs> hope that brands see the genuine brand benefit that comes with it because with that personal touch probably comes 
extra expenditure in the experience that doesn't directly translate to what people see with their eyes. Maybe it is what they hear on the phone, but it takes people to do that. A hundred percent. And it builds, uh, it builds, you know, and I know every brand and I spent um, earlier days of my career working in in the loyalty space on uh, loyalty programs for many fortune 500s. Um, And the best, best way to build loyalty and long-term engagement and customer value is to have an actual one-to-one relationship. And so, you know, I, I think about Starbucks, who has one of the most incredible, um, you know, loyalty programs out there. Their digital assets are, you know, world class. Uh, but a lot of times people will talk about going into their local Starbucks and the relationship that they have with the barista there. And it's good morning. How's Johnny? How are you feeling? How's work? Um, and so that that power of con- human connection is um, is never to be forgotten, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a heck of a thing. And uh, I can certainly say the same for me. Of course, um, there's a, I personally think, and it's going to be really important for um, direct-to-consumer brands, brands that are largely based in e-commerce. I think there will be a come-to-Jesus moment some here in, I don't know, maybe the next year or two. But um, what is the difference between, is there a difference? I think, first of all, I think there is. But the question I'm looking to probably get answered in the market is, is there a difference between a genuine brand loyalty and a string of repeated and regular purchases it, fleeting interest via a couple of things bought versus that true me and the barista story where it's I'm loyal to Starbucks but it's because I'm really loyal to to you know Adam behind the counter well I you know I think it, it's it's a great question I think this notion of loyalty to um Loyalty to great service, loyalty to a transparent brand, loyalty to a brand that, you know, connects and provides real value to me, um, I think is is what's most important. Um, I think about myself personally, the brands that I'm most loyal to are the brands that give me extraordinary service. And I will I will pay more. Um, and you know, it's a known fact. Consumers will pay more for a brand that delivers incredible service to them. And now I'll give a shout out to my absolute favorite um, airline, uh, Delta. And I think what Ed Bastian and his team have done is truly extraordinary. And um, there's been a lot of um, stories written about them, but consumers will definitively pay more to fly Delta. They will also connect, which most business travelers don't want to do, but I know personally I've done it and I know many peers who have. They will connect as opposed to flying direct just to have the Delta experience. And so when you've reached that kind of, uh, I'll call it uh, brand utopia, um, that's pretty powerful. Well, this has been super enlightening. <laughs> and um, I, you know, as I said at the very top, I have not spoken as much as I want to. Well, it's a great industry. Have you'll, have to, you'll have to talk to many more of us because- um, Heck yeah, I will. It's uh, it's I, it's truly, you know, one of uh, one of the industries uh, that remains in this world that is squarely focused on customer experience, service, one to one relationships, um, because that's, you know, the roots of who we are. Um, and so uh, it's it's a lot of fun to talk to fellow uh, hospitality industry individuals. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to I'll have to dive into it uh, more more fervently here to 
to bring great uh, bring great content here to the show. But um, it starts today, and uh, I thank you so much for for this uh, for the insight and your thoughts on what is yet to come. And um, yeah, just thanks for so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Adam. Super fun. Thank you so much to Lily Tomovich for joining the show today. It was great to chat with you about gaming and hospitality and generally what those industries are doing to help bring the consumer journey to the forefront. If you liked this show, here's what you can do to stay in touch. Basically, just go to LinkedIn, all right, because everything is there. We got a page, Authentic Influence Podcast. That's where the shows go. That's where clips go. That's where other tidbits will go, too. I'm also there, Adam Connor. You can check me out, connect with me, follow me, message me. Let me know what you like about the show. You can also let me know what you don't like about the show, by the way. But generally, give me your feedback. I use it just as this show talked about brands that use their consumers to better themselves. I use your opinions to better this. So feel free to reach out. Of course, also stay subscribed wherever you listen, leave the ratings and reviews, all that good stuff. But this time, LinkedIn. If you have anywhere to go, use that. I'll be back again soon with another fantastic story about how somebody or some brand is becoming more authentic through mobilizing its masses and integrating the voices of their consumers into their strategies. But for now, and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.